Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I am really quite in a, what would be the mood? I should have kind of identified it before we started recording. I'm in this kind of magical, mystical moment of query and musing and um, expansion. I'm so ready to dig into this topic today and even beyond today because I've assigned myself homework to read four more books, maybe five more, because I, I know there's another one coming here. So do you want to make a positive and instant difference to the way you live and to the way things are in the world? At a time when society has never before been so violent, materialistic, and selfish, our guest today brings inspiration and wisdom that will give you the power to make a difference. So muse into this, what you believe you create. Therefore, the better world you long for is attainable for yourself, for your children, and for every single soul on the planet. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Trans medium Michael Rechia believes that the true purpose of spirit communicators is not only to supply evidence of life after death, but also to offer a blueprint for a better life before death. By providing highly spiritual perspectives that can make a vital, positive difference to the individual and to the planet. Joseph, Michael's communicator, is a highly evolved spirit who is deeply worried about the present state of mankind. Joseph's books offer all the information needed to transform ourselves and our world before it's too late. I have a stack of the Joseph communications right before me. I know many of you have heard of these books. Hopefully some of you have read them. Maybe many of you are friends. I'm going to give a shout out to Bob and Noel out there because they are light beings on the planet sharing Michael and Joseph communications everywhere they go. So thank you for the referral, Bob and Noel. And with that, I want to welcome you, Michael. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Julie. It's a delight to be with you tonight. Well, thank you. And I'm in, I'm, I'm in a chuckle because it is night time for you or the illusion of time gives us that you're over there in the UK. We're here in the US. And so it is evening for you there. Thank you for joining us. I know it's not always easy to do that in the evening time, but I trust we're going to have an amazing conversation. So I want to begin with our very first traditional question here, Michael, because you are going to love it. And I saw it all over the pages of this one book I'm holding, Illumination. So I'm really looking forward to your response. If you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? 
all things connected means everything to me. Absolutely everything. <laughs> um, the, the philosophy of Joseph, my philosophy, is that we are each a part of everything else, that we are connected to everything. And not only that, but we are equally as important to our source as everything else. So uh, the, our creator, our source, our divinity does not make distinctions between a human being or a planet, uh, a blade of grass or a, a, an animal, uh, um, a, a man or a woman or a child. We are all equal. We are all equally important. And not only that, but we influence each other by our thoughts, by our dominant thoughts, because our dominant thoughts go out into the collective field of mankind, and the collective field of mankind influences us uh, uh, to uh, react in certain ways to society, to react in certain ways to each other. And we have fallen into a way of living that is negative, that is deconstructive rather than constructive. Uh, and Joseph is saying that we need to therefore change our minds and our hearts and to create something more harmonious and to celebrate that connection we have to each other and to everything else and to the universe. Mm. Uh, beautiful. Thank you. I'm like excited. I can feel the energy just bubbling up of this message that wants to get out. And you were mentioning Joseph and I kind of introduced Joseph in your bio of introducing you, but we probably should start at the beginning, Michael. And cause I, if, and listeners, if I call Michael Joseph, you'll understand why by the time the show is over, but let's begin with you, Michael. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you evolved to the place of bringing through the Joseph communications? And then we'll talk about the series and what is it and a little bit about the books before we dig into this topic. Yes, well, I'd worked as a medium for, for many years, um, professionally, full-time, uh, and had um, been a little bit dismayed to find that when I was uh, taking demonstrations or sitting one-to-one, -one, uh, that questions weren't being asked about the higher spiritual questions, about uh, who we really are, why we're here, what we can do to change things here. And I'd become quite uh, disillusioned on a couple of occasions and had stopped working mediumistically for periods of two to three months until I was pushed back by my conscience uh, to start again, to start working again. And I had a wonderful, brilliant spiritual teacher called Joan. And we were, uh, we knew everything uh, about each other, or so I thought. Uh, and on one occasion, Joan explained to me that she was very disappointed in that she had been a trans medium, something I didn't know. And she had brought through um, a, a great deal of information which a friend of hers had written down longhand whilst Joan was in trance. And this was wonderful information of great use, of great value to humanity and to the planet. And unfortunately, her friend died suddenly. And at her friend's funeral, um, her friend's daughter came up to Joan and asked her if there's anything she would like as a keepsake uh, from her mother. And Joan said, well, I would like the book, the trans book, please, because the information just has to get out there. <laughs> and uh, her daughter said, I'm sorry, that's the work of the devil. I burnt it. It's gone. Joan was devastated at this. And for many years, 
uh, had been extremely sad that this information had been, to her mind, lost. Now, at that time, I'd been working for a medium for several years. And as we were talking, it occurred to me that maybe, just maybe, I was at a position where I could re-bring through that information and that it might not be lost after all. And so I mentioned that to Joan and she said, great, when can we start? And I said, no, I, I have a, a close friend uh, of many years who's uh, wanted to sit with me uh, to bring through some spiritual information, to work on some high spiritual project. And I rather feel my intuition is telling me that I should sit with him. And so that's exactly what we did. We uh, went up into the attic of his house and we closed the curtains and the blinds and we put a, a cassette tape on and I tuned in and made a very um, jumpy connection, first connection, with a communicator. Uh, I say jumpy because he wasn't used to communicating with me, working with me. I wasn't used to working with him. And there were a lot of pauses and a lot of ums and ahs. But at the end of the session, at the end of 40 to 45 minutes, we turned off the uh, cassette recorder, looked at each other and thought, wow, we have something that is highly spiritual here. We have something that needs to get out to people. And so we were both uh, employed with other projects uh, at the time, but we sat whenever we could. Uh, and each time we sat, a whole chapter would come through from the communicator, who uh, later uh, announced that he was called Joseph. He then explained that he was the spokesperson for a vast group soul of spirits uh, that was uh, particularly concerned with our evolution spiritually and with our uh, future and for the future of the planet at this stage of our existence. And uh, we, uh, I then met my soulmate, my partner, Jane, and the three of us sat and there was more power because three of us were sitting. And we very quickly finished what became the first book, Revelation. Uh, and we worried about publishing it and we worried about getting it out there. And we were told from the soul group, don't worry, you just publish it. Let us worry as to how it gets out there. But they also said, and Joseph particularly said, you're not finished yet. There's a second book. And so we sat for illumination. And partway through illumination, my connection with Joseph evolved from a clairaudient and a clairvoyant communication in that I could hear him and see him and repeat what he was saying uh, in an overshadowed situation, to a trance situation, where I was taken out of the picture altogether, where Joseph uh, used my facilities, my mind and my body, uh, took me over completely so that he could uh, connect more purely and deliver more rapidly uh, his communications. And here we are some uh, 13 years on, and we have today published the eighth book. And I should say at this point, Dr. Julie, that we don't take any uh, money personally, any monies personally, for sales of the books. All sales, all profits are put back into making souls aware globally of the Joseph communications. Uh, it's then their choice whether they run with them, whether they respond to them, or whether they turn their back on them. That, that's great. It's mm -hmm. our mission to get that information out and to say it exists and to make people aware of it. Beautiful. And in that second book, Illumination, which is the one I've picked up and highlighted and highlighted, um, it 
there was a direction for you of how to send it out into the world with love. I thought that was so beautiful. Can you just kind of summarize that for us before I move on? Because I think this is really a, a beautiful prescription for all of us. Yes, uh, we can condense that, and I will expand on the on the subject, but we can condense that into one word, and the word is light. And then we can expand from that and recognize that we are beings of light, that we have the light of divinity, the light of all within us, and that within our heart center, our heart mind, there is a well of light that we can uh, go within to, to draw upon. And we can pull this light up into our being and we can send it out into the world to, to help wherever situations need, quite literally, illumination. Uh, and so each of us is capable of creating and seeing and forming the better world that we all want so much, the harmony that we all want so much. And, and light is not used to coerce people into thinking in a different way. Light is used to create a surrounding, a womb of light around them, so that there is enough illumination for them to go within and to examine their approach to life too. Not to, to, to go against their free will, but to give them enough light to see that there is a different way to live and to put that different way of living into operation, to, to put into the collective field of human consciousness light, harmony, and a spiritual consciousness that we uh, have, have left behind for so many years, to reconnect to our spirituality and to bring that spirituality out into the physical world, into the material world, into the very fabric of the planet, and to surround each soul with it so that we remember who we are, we remember why we're here, and daily we uh, tune in first to our spirituality and our materiality second, which we can then shape into the paradise that we want, into the harmony that we want, into the peace that we want, into the connection with others that we want, to put things right here. Mm, beautiful. So I, I, you're saying so many terms that um, are on my list in front of me of things that I want to ask you about. So I'm really happy about that because we're setting up this whole idea here. But before we do, I have five of the books in front of me. You say you've published eight now. Yes. Can you just give us an overview of what's in each of these books? Um, and, you know, just kind of a brief introduction of how they came through and, and what each focus is. Yes. Um, Revelation was the first book. Revelation was brought through totally through clairaudient and clairvoyant means, in that I was listening to Joseph repeating what he said uh, into a recorder, and then we transcribed uh, the recordings and uh, formed those into a book and published it. Revelation um, reconnects us with who we are, examines what we really are from a spiritual point of view, from a divine point of view and explains the, the spiritual physics, if you like, of our existence, the spiritual science of our existence, explains how we operate, explains that our thoughts are living things, uh, and, and that form follows thought, and that whatever we believe in, we eventually create. Um, we, we cannot do anything else, because that is the way we are put together as the spiritual beings that we truly are. So Revelation examines the, the state of the human being, 
and uh, uncovers the spiritual heart of the human being and uncovers that the spiritual status of the human being once you strip away the illusions that we've placed around ourselves. Illumination is quite simply that. It is uh, a bid to bring light into this world. It contains exercises to allow people to reconnect with their heart minds and to bring that light out uh, for the good of themselves, their families, uh, every soul on earth, the animal kingdom uh, and the planet, and to bring through that much-needed change and peace and harmony uh, that we all desire so much but are perhaps not quite sure how to create. The the third book is Your Life After Death, and, and that's exactly uh, what it describes, uh, the, the various spheres of higher vibration uh, that we pass through uh, in order to move out from this level of consciousness back into infinity. And our nature, once we, uh, if you like, uh, move through that trap door uh, as a metaphor into infinity. So it is a very detailed uh, account of what we can expect when we move on in consciousness uh, from this material uh, level. The fourth book is called The Fall. And this sounds very biblical, but Joseph doesn't mean it in a biblical sense. Uh, Joseph uh, suggests that the reason that we can't seem to find peace, the reason why we are still killing each other, the reason why there is such violence uh, and anger and disruption uh, and illness in the world, is because millennia ago, as the spiritual people that we truly are, the spiritual beings that we really are, we decided that we would try something different in the way that we created. Uh, we, we decided that we would speed up the rate at which we created as spiritual beings. And we got things wrong. We were advised not to do it very gently, but we said we're going to try it anyway because we think it will work. <laughs> and in doing that, we separated ourselves consciously, not in actual fact, but consciously from our source. We forgot that we were part of the divine. We forgot that we were part of each other. And the fall uh, examines that uh, act and uh, the repercussions of that act and explains why the world is as it is and explains how we can negate the effects of the fall and restore the planet and ourselves to the luminous state it was in uh, before we decided to experiment and got that experiment wrong. Um, the fifth book is Transmission. Uh, when we began to channel Joseph, uh, the, the fourth member of the Band of Light, but that's a, a term that Joseph gave us, and there are four of us as, as the core of the Band of Light, uh, and he's called Tony, and he has this wonderful sanctuary of uh, complementary medicine uh, in Lancashire, and he invited us and made available the facilities for us to put on public trans demonstrations. To, to prove to uh, the general public that we were not sat in a, a room scribbling away making this stuff up somewhere, <laughs> but that we were, in fact, in touch with uh, a higher uh, uh, being who had an urgent message for humanity. And so uh, we held uh, 13 trans demonstrations around the country, but mostly at the sanctuary, whereby uh, an audience was invited 
and I would stand up as Michael, Joseph would take over, would root me to the spot so that I couldn't move apart from my upper torso, uh, and I would uh, talk, uh, Joseph would talk, I should say, through me for an hour, an hour and three quarters uh, on topics that were put to him, questions that were put to him by the audience. And transmission is a collection of those questions and answers from uh, Joseph. Uh, and it's a bigger book than the other books. It, it's twice the size of the other books because it contains uh, so much spiritual uh, knowledge. The sixth book uh, is uh, From Here to Infinity. <laughs> and, and that is uh, uh, um, an extrapolation on your life up to death with Joseph explaining the nature of infinity, the nature of creation in infinity, the nature of our connection to the angelic hosts, the, the nature of the creation of planets and universes and stars and, and various landscapes that we can move through in order to take on uh, further experience as the spiritual beings that we really are and bring that experience to the whole, to the angelic host and to uh, the divinity that we are part of. Uh, and so it's an examination of our further journey and the way that we will operate as we leave the earth behind and leave the initial spiritual spheres behind. The uh, seventh book is a collection of, it's called Many Voices, One Mission, and is a collection of the uh, many spiritual lectures that we were given by members of the soul group when Jane, my partner, and I first became a couple. For two years, uh, following us becoming a couple, night and day, on holiday, at work, wherever we were, there was a constant communication from the soul group. And these wonderful spirits that I was already aware of, because I'd worked with them in developing my mediumship, uh, would come through and say, we, we want to talk about life. We want to talk about the earth. We want to talk about spirituality. We want to talk about the soul. We want to talk about illness. We want to talk about peace. And we gathered together all these lectures, uh, but didn't have the, the, the time, because we were bringing through Joseph's messages too, to actually... Um, gather them together until last year. And we published those as a double-sized book that uh, souls can dip into using their intuition and come up with the right information uh, on any given day or at any given time. And the, the final book, which has been published today in the UK and will be published in a couple of weeks' time in the US, is called The Spaces Between. And uh, this is Joseph... Uh, pointing out that what we perceive as the thin air around us and between us, what we perceive as the empty spaces between the stars, are anything but. And that we actually share this planet with a number of high spiritual life forms. Uh, and he reveals the nature of those spiritual life forms and reveals that the spaces between are not spaces at all, that the planet teems with life and that we need to... Uh, reconnect to that life. We need to have respect for it once again, and we need to acknowledge it as our equal and as part of our evolution here. And uh, I've been talking for a long time, Dr. Jim, I'm sorry, but that, uh, uh, that sums up the, the eight books. <laughs> that's beautiful. What I really appreciated about you speaking to each book was that you really did some teaching along with it. Um, it really brought some of the major concepts out and kind of gave us a taste 
of what you've been working with, which was really beautiful. I want to get a copy of The Spaces Between. Oh, my gosh, this sounds exciting. So saying that, we are going to take a quick break. I hope that that has given you a taste of what's yet to come. We are going to dig into some of these concepts. We're going to talk about God and wholeness and love and healing and so much more of how you, how you today can change yourself and change the world. We're here with Michael Rachea. We'll be right back. Meditation Channel, nonstop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Blue is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Red is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Well, yeller is sweller for this little feller. And me, I'm keen on green. So what's your favorite color? Tell us, please. Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like what's this. What's your favorite color? Tell us, please. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives and the Ad Council. I'm John, a volunteer at United Way. I'm here at Lincoln Elementary School to find out what this place needs. Who knows better about what kids need than kids, right? Let's ask them. Monsters! Lasers! A pool! Another guinea pig! More lasers! Sprinkles! I was thinking more spinach at lunchtime and maybe more exercise. Nah. Uh-uh. Lasers are cool. When it comes to creating healthier communities, what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org. Because great things happen when we live united. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Positively uplifting. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. 
Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I am here with Michael Richia, and he is the author of the Joseph Communications. And if you were tuning in, you understand how this information came through the transmediumship. And I intuitively, Michael, I mentioned this to you before we started the show today that I, I, I have all five books. I don't have all five books. That doesn't make any sense. I have five of your books in front of me. And um, I, I just kind of intuitively picked one that really I wanted to dig into today and, and take our listeners a little bit deeper. And the book I'm holding is Illumination, Change Yourself, Change the World. And um, Michael, it's highlighted, which Remy knows, my, my producer Remy always hears me say if it's highlighted, it's pretty good. And it's like got lots of ink on the pages. This is really uh, a fun book to read. It's very easy to read. Um, I kind of picked each book up and, and intuitively read th- through pages and and picked it up and felt the essence of it and, and got that. They're very easy to read. And yet these are very complex topics and, and issues and explanations. And like you talk about the 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 roadmap the the blueprint of of what we're doing on the planet you do a really good job or joseph does a really good job bringing that through in a way that we can understand so i want to begin michael if we can by um talking about the field and because you use it a little bit different than what's in the the popular science and spirituality terms right now, you know, Lynn McTaggart has written the book, the field and um, Jude Curavan has now published the cosmic hologram and talks about the field and you define it just a little bit differently, but I think it's the same thing. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think it's the same thing. The one thing that you do with the field is talk about how the field is influenced by our negative thoughts because we are informing the field and the field is informing us all the time. So I'd love to hear your interpretation of Joseph's explanation of the field and what that is, because it's kind of like collective consciousness. You mentioned the collective field of mankind. Can you clarify that for us? Yes, I I can try to do that. Um, Joseph describes the field of human consciousness as uh, a sentient being, because uh, as I mentioned earlier, our thoughts uh, are alive. Our thoughts have energy. Our thoughts have purpose and intent. And uh, uh, originally, before the fall, which I mentioned earlier, uh, we used the field of human consciousness to create, to create positively. Uh, If we wanted to build something, we would build something with our minds, with our heart minds. Uh, If we wanted to examine a positive experience, we would create the the, uh, backdrop of that positive experience around us in order to move through it and gain from that experience, which is what we do as the angelic beings that we really are. 
at the time of the fall, the, we, our thoughts became set to negative, if you will. Uh, and isn't it true to say that most people, or many people, on, on most days, have more negative thoughts about their situation and about the world and about their prospects and about their future and about each other uh, than positive ones? Uh, the, the problem with that is that we feed the field with our thoughts on a daily basis. We feed this sentient uh, collective consciousness that feeds back to us, as you quite rightly said, more of the same, more of our dominant thoughts. So if today I'm thinking I'm ill, I'm frail, I'm old, I'm alone, I'm isolated, I'm angry, everyone else is angry, the world is a terrible place, the world is a violent place, then those beliefs contribute to the field. Now, you might think, well, what one person won't do much in the way of, of maintaining the field in a negative setting. But there are billions of us. And uh, many of us, a great many of us, contribute such thoughts to the field of human consciousness on a daily basis. So maintain it in its negative setting. Mm-hmm. What Joseph is suggesting is that it's just as easy, although we don't regard it as being just as easy, it's just as easy to pour into the field of human consciousness positive thoughts, to to go into our heart centers and to visualize that world that we want, to visualize the peaceful world, to visualize an end to violence, to visualize an end to poverty. Uh, to visualize uh, the souls across the globe uh, communicating harmoniously with each other and respecting each other, to visualize the planet being repaired. Uh, and the more of us that do that, the, the lesser uh, the, uh, the effect of the field in a negative sense. We can, in effect, change the field from its negative setting to a positive setting. It's just a matter of flipping our thoughts over and understanding that each thought we create, uh, each thought we create in our heads actually goes out into the ether and contributes to our global experience. So we have to work to create a different global experience, a positive global experience. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring in, um, a question that I wasn't going to the end, but this is really an important point here and you you talk about the difference between delivering and drawing energy from the godhead and delivering and drawing energy from the field yes so i I think this is an important place to really differentiate this is big stuff here and if we're looking at this blueprint and we want to go change our world we need to understand the difference so um yeah i'll just let you respond to that Okay. Okay. At the time of the fall, we encapsulated ourselves within a field of negative energy. That field of negative energy is finite. And we are drawing, we draw daily on the field of negative energy rather than a source of positive, constructive, harmonious energy. Okay. You know what? I want to breathe that in right now and pause. The negative, the field... And this field of negativity that we're feeding, this sentient being that we're trying, is finite. Absolutely. That's an important word. I just wanted to pause, and sorry for interrupting you, but Michael, that's really an important piece of this. Okay, go ahead. Uh, 
so if I can just interrupt myself, uh, <laughs> the field being uh, finite, that suggests, of course, as an important word, that if it's finite, we will eventually run out of energy. And we are doing. We are running out of energy. And Joseph uh, tells us that society has run out of the energy of the field at least twice before this present civilization. At least twice. We repeat the pattern. Mm. Uh, and the way to not repeat the pattern is to reconnect with our God center, with our God heritage, and to transfer our daily um, uh, seat of expression from the physical mind for some time, which is merely a computer, merely a means of making sense of the material illusion we find ourselves in, transfer our, our seat of consciousness for some time each day down into the heart mind, the heart mind that connects with God, with divinity, with source, however you want to, uh, to label that, that energy that we are, not just a part of, but we are energy, that well of harmonious, not just positive, but harmonious energy, the light that is needed to reignite the field of human consciousness in a constructive way, in a creative way, in a harmonious way, and to wipe out uh, the negativity simply in the way that you wipe out the darkness in a room by switching on a light. Mm. Okay, so this is really beautiful and poignant and i since we're talking about god i i really love and totally agree with the statement that you say in the book there's there's nothing outside of god god contains everything that everything is contained within the oneness and also that that god is contained within everything so let's Let's bring this in a little bit deeper and talk about what this really means for our lives and our power and ability. Um, here's a quote from the book directly. As a human being, you contain within you all the building blocks you need to create whatever you want to create to build a different society, to heal society, to heal yourself, to bring yourself to new frontiers of knowledge, to change the face of this earth. All that potential is contained within you. So if we're understanding what Joseph is teaching here, we go back to this idea that everything is contained within the oneness. Yes. Can you expand on that? Yes. We, we divide ourselves, don't we? We look at each yeah. other. Say we are separate. We're separate, uh, and many of us don't don't like the the uh, concept of us being part of each other. But like it or not, we we are each a part of the other, and there is no difference between you, Doctor Julie, between me, and between the people listening to your show, uh, except in outlook, except in perspective, except in viewpoint. We are parts of God transmitting viewpoints back to God to enhance ourselves and enhance the whole. But we have forgotten that and don't acknowledge that. And as a result of that, we see uh, me and you, not me and me, 
if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We don't treat each other as the God that we all are, as the divinity that we all are. Uh, we, we don't treat the animal kingdom as, as part of that divinity. We don't treat the planet as part of that divinity. Uh, we, we've lost respect for the planet. We've lost respect for nature. We've lost respect for each other. But we're the same thing. And if we realize that through meditation and through going to the heart-mind, there comes a point where you think, oh, yes, that's right. But at that that's right moment, what harm can you do to anyone else? What harm can you do to yourself? What harm can you do to the animal kingdom? What harm can you do to the planet? There is only God expressing him, her, itself, through billions of viewpoints, but they are viewpoints. Yes, we are individual in our outlook. Yes, we continue to be, uh, to have that individual outlook as we progress through the spiritual spheres beyond uh, physical death, beyond uh, this material world, but we are essentially, and by essence, I mean the energy that we are, we are the same thing. We are God examining God. Um, <laughs> It is time for God here to respect God once again, to, to celebrate God once again, uh, to love God once again. And the only reason that doesn't take place is because we operate from the head mind, the survival mind, rather than the heart mind, the God mind. I appreciate you saying the head mind and the heart mind and differentiating those two. That helps us with our, you know, our understanding of, of what how we use this energy and this resource. And I love the idea of viewpoints and outlook. When you, when you speak of that, it, it reminded me of that image with the elephant where we're blindfolded and, and someone's touching the ear and describing it and someone's touching the tail and describing it and telling each other they're wrong. And someone's touching a leg and describing it and they're, you're wrong. You know, it's this, no, it's this. And that's the image I got when I'm thinking about us being different viewpoints or having different outlooks. You also write about God of the whole and God of the individual. And I think that's also a, hel a helpful perspective. Yes, to say that we, we, are, uh, we are God, uh, part of the whole, but we are also God as the individual. And we are, uh, we are no different from, from God in the way that we operate, except in the way that we think. We have put shackles on our ability to create and to bring forth goodness and love in the way that God does, to, to exhibit, to, uh, to, to form expressions of goodness, love and harmony. But we've forgotten how to do it. We, we, we don't think we can do that. And we, we also separate ourselves from God and say, God is above us. God is outside of us. Uh, God is, is someone uh, uh, accessible through a mediator. Uh, but God is within us. In truth, God is within us. We are God. We are part of God. And those daily journeys to the heart mind remind us of that in a very real sense. It's not a matter of going to the heart mind and thinking, well, I've meditated for 10 minutes. I now know that I'm part of God. It is a welling up within you from the heart mind via those meditations over time uh, that you feel the energy and presence and peace and love of the source of divinity. 
and feel that energy flowing through you and feel that you are able to uh, manipulate that energy, create with that energy and surround others with that energy so that they stop being lonely. They stop feeling apart and different and neglected and left out and at the whim of a, of a cruel world and a cruel universe. Uh, it replaces our skewed vision of the earth with the true vision of the earth. And it's not only a vision that we are sending out, it's a vision that we're creating. So we're replacing uh, what has gone before and what is around us currently with a better vision. And because mm -hmm. we're part of God, because our thoughts become creation, uh, it's, it's, uh, not a, it's not a pipe dream. It's something that we actually do when we tap into that higher vibration that is in that well heart center. Michael, I want to expand on that. You're doing a beautiful job leading this conversation into some fun places because as you're talking about creating a better vision and really creating, and you also had mentioned visualizing the planet being repaired, visualize, you know, changing that negative toxic information that we're feeding the field here. Your whole chapter on dreaming is brilliant. And when we talk, when we look at this process of co-creating as creator source, as the, the God of the whole and the God of the individual, as we're looking at creating this idea of dreaming our reality into being is yeah. really helpful and, and literally helps us to be able to just like get out an eraser and get rid of some things and really come into our power and our potency as co-creators. Can you, can you give us a little um, teaser about the aspects of dreaming that you've written about? Yes. Um, we're dreaming now, Dr. Julie. We, we dream this world that seems so solid and so uh, immutable. Uh, and so unable to change, we, we have dreamt this into place over millennia and by the force of our thoughts. Everything is an expression of energy and everything is an expression of energy channeled through us as spiritual beings in order that we might experience and evolve through experience and take that experience back within ourselves to the Godhead and allow the Godhead to experience greater experience. Uh, so everything is a dream. Uh, the, the first step in, in dreaming something new is to realize that the, the world that we're looking at, the room that I'm in at the moment, the room that you're in at the moment, is a construct. It is a dream that has been solidified and uh, um, given greater weight to by uh, millions of years of us believing in a certain way. What we have to understand, first of all, is that this is a dream. And that all it takes to ch all it takes to change things here is to dream a different dream. When enough of us dream a different dream, the better world, the repair to the planet, the the uh, the um, love for each other, the love for all forms of life that we all want, the peaceful society that we all want, begins to form. And if, if you put one candle in the middle of a field, you have one point of light. But if you have a million candles, you have a spotlight. If you have a billion candles, you have an absolute blaze of illumination. 
And so the more candles, the, the more light bulbs that are switched on, the more people that dream that better dream, uh, the more that dream takes hold and then translates itself into the material world as an actuality, as a reality from our physical point of view. So I'm sitting here in this room and this reality, um, like you mentioned, and when you when you said that, I'm experiencing the generations that created this turn of the century old building, like that dreamed it into being way back then, and all of those that continued to perpetuate that dream of this building, right? Like for 100 and some years, that field of consciousness of those in this community held this building intact. Is that kind of how this works when we're bringing it into manifestation, into form? Um, by using the field, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm asking, Michael, that I think is fascinating is I was sitting here looking out my window and looking across the street at this incredible, gorgeous courthouse that's three stories high, maybe four with then it's grand. It goes way up in the air and lights are hanging off of it that literally because of, help me understand this because I think this is a good place of, of tapping into that power of co-creation is that the field, everyone that's been in this community dreaming that dream of even looking over at this courthouse they've maintained it they've informed the field of what that courthouse is how it's to be used and they've maintained that dream for uh, i don't know how many years it's like 150 or 200 years now i don't know i don't know how many years it's been there is that how it works yes it is um uh, and also a, a point about the fall is that uh we since the fall of found it impossible to act as we really act as the spiritual beings that we really are. In the normal course of things, outside of this planet, we're, we're going uh, interstellar now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of this planet, we exist, we, we create spheres of experience. And we enter those spheres of experience, i.e. planets, in order to experience, as, as we talked about earlier, and take that experience back to the rest of the angelic host and to uh, the Godhead. Uh, and in the normal course of things, once the experience has uh, given us all it can, once it is no longer of use to us, we then collapse the experience. We take it back into the ether and we create something else. Mm -hmm. We gather together and say, we're going to create something new now. We're going to investigate something new. That doesn't happen on Earth because of the fall, because of the encapsulation of the field. So we create, we continue to create because we are creative beings, but we don't collapse our constructs, our creations. Mm -hmm. And so we are fighting through, if you like, a fog of layered History, as you quite rightly said, people have maintained something beautiful, the courthouse, for 150 years. But we have also not completely taken back into the ether those experiences, those negative experiences from decades ago, from hundreds of years ago. They still exist as part of the field and they slow us down and they prevent us from being the creative, angelic, wonderful beings that we truly are because we draw on those energies, those partially collapsed energies, rather than our energies from the heart mind, from the God source that enables us to create 
to examine experience and then to collapse experience and create something new. Mm. So, Michael, this is this is fascinating and we're quickly running out of time. And one example of that that negativity from the fall that we're feeding the field that you're talking about is the need to protect ourselves, the safety, security, and ter- and, and right now, I love your conversation in your chapter on tearing down the walls. And so in like three minutes or less, because I want to I want to share a quote from tearing down the walls, but it's a huge issue right now in the American psyche in that field, no matter what side of the debate you're on, it's a heavy thing. Can you talk a little bit, like two to three minutes about tearing down the walls and what we're doing by building those walls in our heads? Yes, we we, we, uh, subconsciously perceive others uh, as either having more power than we have or threatening the power that we have because they are different than we are, because they have a different outlook. The only true power belongs to the source. Earthly power is an illusion. Earthly power is a total illusion. And and that makes a nonsense of our fight or flight uh, attitude towards anything that is different. We need to tear down those barriers of race, of of the way that we look at uh, people's occupations, of the way that we look at people's points of view. And we need to understand that beneath that thin veneer uh, uh, that each of us has as a physical being, there is an identical spirit. And that identical spirit is love. The purpose of that spirit is to love and to create. And so uh, you are my sister, Dr. Julie. Uh, Every person I meet is either my true brother or my true sister. And why then would I want to harm anyone? Would I want to put up barriers? Would I want to uh, operate from a position of perceived power when in 20 or 30 years, uh, perhaps even sooner than that, I will be somewhere else and I will have to leave all that accumulated uh, power, illusional power, behind? Far better to concentrate on what I can take with me. And what I take with me is love and love for all and connection to people that goes on forever. Mm. Wow. Pause. Thank you. Gratitude, love, joy. Michael, it has been a joy having you here. And it it is clear how much Joseph has infused your being. You are so clear. You're such a, a clear voice for this message. Thank you so much for joining us here today and sharing the Joseph communications. A huge pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on board for the show. Oh, yes. And listeners, if you love this, send me an email. Let me know you want to hear more, and we'll try to bring Michael back and and dig into a few more topics. But for now, I want to leave you with some words of Joseph about those walls. If your world is to change, then walls have to come down. If your world is to change, you have to appreciate each other's cultures and tolerate each other's cultures. If your world is to change, you have to realize that intellect is only a facade, that the person you meet, who you may not appear to be up to your intellect, may be the highest spiritual being you have ever come across. 
If your world is to change, you have to expose your hearts and your minds and say, this is what I really want. I want peace, not war. I want love. This is the biggest wall of all, the pretense that you do not want or need love. You are part of God and God is love. In building that first wall that separated you from God and consciousness, although it does not really exist, you separated yourself from love. If you cannot admit to yourself that you need love, then your world will never change for the better. It will continue to change for the worse. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.